Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you will move by your power, that you'll move by your anointing. Sweet Holy Spirit, come into this place. Oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you will feed your people like never before. God, touch our hearts and our minds, creating us a clean heart and renew a right spirit in us. Oh God, I pray that you will hide me behind the cross, give me access and ability to minister in the third heaven that I may rightly divide the word of truth. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray, amen. Um, this is a passage I, I don't think I ever preached from, and I think it's very interesting. And if I will pick a topic today, it will be death, stop misbehaving. And we're going to be in Luke, the seventh chapter, starting at verse 11 through 16. And I'm going to be in Mark 9, 16 through 27 chapter. And we're going to be talking about a widow woman. And I looked up the word misbehaving. Misbehaving means, it says, fail to conduct oneself in a way that is acceptable to others. To misbehave is to behave badly. Jesus came to put Satan, the devil, in line when he was stepping out of his boundaries. In a place you got to be in, your, in this hour, you got to understand that your spiritual authority comes when you have compassion and when you have faith in the will and the things of God. You got to understand that a lot of things you cannot bind and rebuke if you don't have uh, a compassion, if you're not able to empathize or understand what you're dealing with. And so we're going to be talking about two passages in the Bible that God was really bringing forth revelation and understanding. And without Jesus Christ, you have no power. You have no spiritual authority in the earth realm or even in the things with heaven. you got to understand something. Without faith, it is impossible. That means you shut down. You cannot put the enemy in his place. You cannot set boundaries. Huh? You cannot move beyond your natural ability because that's why Adam and Eve failed in the garden and God had to kill a goat skin and honor the covenant with the blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And the only prayer that God hears from a sinner is what must I do to be saved? And God had to show himself strong in the earth. And he had to be born of a virgin in order to empathize all of these things that we are going through. And one of the things that I'm hearing when I'm counseling people, nobody understands. Yes, nobody in the flesh will understand. But Jesus Christ came in the flesh that he will have compassion in your suffering abilities. And then he went back and gave you the Holy Ghost power that you can empathize with others. Because you understand what it feels like. Luke, the seventh chapter. And widow's son is raised. Now it happened that day after that, he went into a city called Nay. And it means beautiful. A village, it says, a village of Galilee, the gate in which is made, illustrates by the raising of a widow's son. So it means beautiful. And God is going to perform something beautiful. It says, and many of his disciples went with him in a large crowd. Verse 12, it says, and when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being raised. It says, carried out. Behold, a dead man 
a widow and a large crowd from the city was with her. So Jesus is stepped on the scene now and he sees this widow woman and she is, he already knew everything before he even approached her. You got to understand something about God. He's just not limited to when he at, at the situation. He's way beyond whatever it is that you can go through or empathize with. So Jesus already knew what was going to happen before he even approached the funeral scene. And a lot of times in your dead situation, huh, you're thinking that God ain't there. Huh? God was there before it even happened to you. God is going to be there in the middle of it, and God is going to clean and fix the matter in the end of it. A lot of times you don't understand. God works not in your time, but he works in a time that's omnipresent, omniscient, and I'm not, um, uh, uh, in the other three C's, you got to understand what God is saying. He works in the three dimensions. And God is seeing everything that's going on. And a lot of times we don't understand how God works. He works in the, he works in the omnipresent. Omnipresent means that God is everywhere. It says present and no, it says nowhere absent. Omnipotent, that means he's got all power. Omniscient means that God is all knowing. And a lot of times you're dealing with God on your level, but you got to get into the spiritual realm to understand that God is everywhere and he has all power. He's already there when you even arrived. You got to understand something about God and the way he moves and understanding the power and the presence of God and that God left his word that you may have power to overcome these things. And a lot of times we're in a place that we can't even make the devil back up off our situations because we have no spiritual authority you got to understand something that's more than just reading the word. Luke 7. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. I want to, let's go ahead and read this. And I'm going to get into Compassion. Sympathetic, pity, and concern for the suffering or misfortune of others. We're living in an hour now that people's hearts are growing cold, and that's in the church. Don't tell me about the world. I'm preaching to the church today. Our, our compassion and our sympathetic um, and, and able to understand and have compassion and love are, are going beyond what you feel or what you think and going beyond what somebody has done you. But understanding if they're attacking you, there's something that's attacking them. We don't have compassion. And that's why there's no spirit moving of the presence of the Holy Ghost power because people have not even embraced where they are and the things on the inside. How can I be healed and bring forth deliverance if God has not done it for me? And then if he has done it for you, you have lost focus and got caught up into the blessing and not the one that blessed you. Verse 14. No, 13. He had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. And I can imagine when God stood there in the fruit of possession, she's all dressed in her mourning clothes. And you got to understand something. Back in the day, and even in the earlier times, people used to wear out black when their husband or whoever else died. They used to go through a season of mourning. And then God is healing them and reassuring them that he's with them and everything else. 
even mourn for the loss of the dead. We don't even do that. We're just moving on in this life. And you're not even getting a chance to mourn and really understand in the process that God is taking us through. In order to have life, you've got to go through a death situation. But there's no mourning. There's no wiping away the tears. You're looking for somebody to come in and just wipe your tears away. But only God can speak a word that can change your situation. You can go here and you can go there. But it takes God to have compassion on you when you're unlovable, when you're unfaithful, when you're so unstable, when you're double-minded. It takes God to have compassion. And in the things about it is we don't understand why Jesus Christ really came on the scene. He came on the scene to tell death to stop misbehaving, to back up and to stop acting bad. And you don't understand in your death situation that God is telling the devil, get back from you. Stop misbehaving. This is my beloved daughter. This is my my beloved son. Huh? You need to back up off the husband. You need to back up off the marriage. You need to back up off the children. You need to stop misbehaving. And God sent his only begotten son who was able to put his feet in the ashram in order to change circumstances. In order to show his full power, not with just words, but with demonstration. The Bible says in the last, in these days, that the signs and wonders are going to follow those believe. There's going to be more signs and wonders in the earth like never before. And God is going to give people the ability to tell death to stop misbehaving. And a lot of times, we want to be a partake of Jesus Christ, but you don't want to be in a place that you're allowing God to kill everything in your dad's situation or in your morning situation. Situation that you cannot carry into your future. A lot of times, what is killing me? I'm killing my own self because I'm not allowing God to take me through the process. Do not weep. His heart was filled of compassion. He empathized at that moment. Everything that she was going through in her head. going on in her head. Her husband was gone. Now her son was gone. And one of the things about it, they mistreated back then, they treated mistreated children and the widows. And the older people, look and see what America's doing in the world. What do we discard? Children? That's why there's all of these abortions. We dismiss, we, um, uh, we dismiss widows. We dismiss what? The older people. But Jesus had compassion. Then he came and touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still. You got to understand something. When God started approaching, everything has to stand still because he's commanding the earth realm to reverse that thing which was caused and what was done in the, in the natural thing that happened in the body. So when things stood still, that means the spirit of God came in and was working something, and man had to submit in their flesh. Man had to stand still at the presence of the God and watch God work because nobody had the ability to move or change anything at that moment. You've got to understand something. When God steps in the situation, he stops, holds 
he moves and then command you to continue your daily chores and, and the things that you're going. You got to understand something. Right when God steps in, huh, everything is submitted huh, into us, in the spiritual realm, and those things around you has to be at attention because the Almighty is in the presence of God. His power is uncomparable. And a lot of times, we don't understand. Jesus had to be the first partake of death in order to have authority on death in the earth realm. He had to be born of a virgin, taste death in order that you may live. And a lot of times we take our lives and we do things in it and we discard while we're really here. What is our original purpose on the earth? You just here the more than just doing nine to five. What impact are you making? What are the things that God has called you to do? He said a charge to keep my hand and a God to glorify. What is it that you're doing that you're making an impact? Don't tell me what you're doing for your family. You've got to understand something. God told you to go out into the heritages and highways and propel men. What are we propelling? Are we lifting up Jesus on a daily basis? In order to have authority over something, you have to first exercise, it says first experience it so you know what you are dealing with. And a lot of times we finna go into Mark. You got to understand something. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. You can do something that you see somebody else do, but you don't have to, you may not have that experience. And we're going to talk about these things. In order for you to do something, you're going to have to have first experiences. But in this hour, this church of today, they're not trying to have no experiences. They're not trying to go through anything. And they don't understand why death, whatever they sit situation is or death what it is it causes sorrow and pain it's caused discomfort it causes all of these things to be disrupted in our life let somebody die in your house it stops everything in order for those things to get back right you got to understand that jesus christ had the power to tell death to miss stop misbehaving in your life but we don't understand that because when we sin we crucify him all over again that's why nobody's in the church now they at home looking at it. There's no sacrificing. Don't let something huh, not be comfortable. Huh. Then they'll leave the church. Huh. Then they want to run here. Or they run from one job to another. Huh. Or one friend to another. That friend getting mad, I go over here. Huh. And all of these things going on. Because nobody wants to have compassion or understanding why this is happening. If you can understand the source, huh, you can deal with it a little bit better. But before you study and understand the situation, you're running to and fro. And that's where the devil got you. And you're not even doing the work of God. How in the world did you think if you cannot stand in Jesus Christ doing the good times, how in the world do you think that you're going to be able to stand with him in the bad? It will not happen. Huh? You're trying to do a work and you not even have no foundation. Huh? You have not even experienced anything. How can you tell huh, the men and women of God anything? How can you tell a sinner that got more sense than you, huh? got better discernment than you? Huh? Because I told you God say, huh, I'm bringing up another Gentile generation out of this Gentile generation to do what I called them to do because my people huh, have perished for a lack of knowledge. Huh? What is that knowledge? Huh? That knowledge is Jesus Christ. Huh? They are doing everything in their flesh. Huh? They're doing everything that the world is pushing down their throat huh? and they have no understanding huh? that Jesus Christ and his power and authority, their power and authority is in the credit card. It's in the bank. It's in their job. Huh? It is in the mama. It's in the daddy. It's in everything. It's in the clothes that wear the car that I drive. But that is not 
tell the devil anything. Authority. In order to have authority over something, you have to first experience it. It says authority. It says the power or right to give orders. <laughs> you cannot give no orders because you have no power, no authority to make decisions and enforce obedience. <laughs> How can you tell the devil to obey because of the power of God? You have no power. You're thinking that you're telling the devil to obey because you can go out and do what you want because the blessing of the Lord. Let me tell you something. You can bless your own self. The blessing that you do, that's what you got to maintain. But the blessing of the Lord ain't making rich and add no sorrow. You ain't got to do nothing. It just is because everything stands still because the power of God is there to change your situation and you knew that God brought the miracle and you can go to bed and not, and not worry about the Vepco bill, not worry about the credit card payment being due. Oh, but I think I got power. You don't have no power. You got common sense. But the spiritual things are discerned by spiritual things. The carnal cannot discern the spiritual things. Authority. It says official permission. Sanction. I looked up sanction. It says a, it says a threatened penalty for disobeying a law or rule. How do you have any sanction with the devil? We're talking about authority. For obeying a law or rule, demons or spirit of death do not recognize your authority. Everybody's saying they want more of Jesus, more power, but there's no change from within. There's no true repentance. Why are you walking around here with all of this stuff? The devil is going to continue to use you to have you thinking that you got power. You got to rid yourself of these things of the flesh. You got to want to let it go. And you don't know how to let it go. Because it's become a part of you. And now you don't even know the true you from the spiritual you or the natural you. The Bible says divide the soul and the spirit. The joining the mirror, the piercing of the heart, that God can show you things. We don't want we don't want the cutting, we don't want the piercing of the heart. We don't want God to really come in and do these things for us because we're so caught up in our ways. But now God has to send things in the earth in order for you to understand that he has the power and authority, of not only death, hell, and the grave, but he has the power to change your circumstances and your situation at will. And we don't understand these things. We don't understand this. And we're trying to figure it out why God is not doing the things that we want. He's not going to do the things that you want because that was not what his job was about. His job was to cause you to have power in the things of God that you can fight the good fight of faith until the second coming of Jesus Christ. But we don't have that because we, don't, we want everything else. But we don't want to 
understand and obey God. And that's the reason why we're walking in the place that we're in now. And that's why there's so much fear in the land. That's why there's so much controversy in the land. And it's not even the world that's doing it. I'm looking at in the church. You can't even recognize what is real in the church from what is fake. But it seems like the real, the world is more real than what is in the church house. And we don't understand why God is going to do some of the things that he's going to do. And I'm going to go here. You got to go with me for Hebrews 4 and 12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of soul and spirit. You don't even want God to divide your soul and your spirit because you want what you want. And you got an appetite for what you want. What are you sowing? Some fell on good ground and some fell on stony ground. Then the sun came and brought up some other stuff. And you up here thinking you're sowing. And you don't even know what the atmosphere, what the soil is about. You don't even know the foundation. Has the yard been prepped? Have the ground been tilted that it can bring forth a grain of harvest? How long it was? The God, God told the children of Israel, let the ground rest for seven years. How long you been doing this thing? Or is your seed just laying out there dormant because it's so much huh? and the seed then dried up and got porched and then you're trying to realize why these things are not producing anything. Huh? But did you even till the soil? Huh? Did you even wait seven years huh? and allow God to work on you and cultivate your ground? We need to see this and understand this. Death, stop misbehaving. We can't. It says, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and an intent of the heart. You can hide whatever you want from man. Oh, but from God, you cannot hide the intent of your heart. If it's wicked, if it's corrupt, God judges you by what is in your heart. And you don't understand a lot of things in our life. God allows you to play it out because that is what is in your heart. And you think that you're hiding it from God, but you're not hiding it from God. you only dwelling on it. you only suffering. you walking around dead. There's nothing producing in your life because you failed to give your life over to God and allow God to take it and do what he wants with it. And we don't understand why God is doing this. Your own wickedness will correct you and your backsliding will reprove you. And says, know therefore and see that it is an evil and a bitter thing that you have forsaken the, the Lord your God. And you need to understand something. When you start walking in your own way, when you start doing what you want to do, there's no fear of God. There's nothing governing your soul and you want to know why you don't have this end time power to tell the devil and to correct the things in your own house. We need to see this. Some of us are trying to cast out something and cannot identify with it. We like compassion. How can you have authority over something and you can't even identify with it? That's just like the doctor trying to treat something and never studied the book. So he just stood up there and thought what he did, he did some YouTube crap. But he never went to the medical school and learned it. So he's just digging about what something he saw. So what are you surgically working on that you have not studied for? 
The Bible says, study to show yourself approval. A workman not need to not be the shame, right in the Bible, the word of truth. How can you work this word and you don't even study it? How can you rightly divide what is good and evil if you're doing it based on your own head knowledge, which is not what God has ever relied on? Because the Bible tells you that man is wicked anyway. And you probably say, well, I'm not wicked. I'm going to tell you something. Except you be born again, be fire baptized, you're not going to have to go to Jesus in the nighttime to find out what is wrong with you. You're going to come openly and confess your sins in the daylight and let it be known. But see, as long as you hide it behind your darkness, you will stay there. And we don't understand this. Compassion. Pity and concern for the suffering or misfortune of others. The Bible records many other examples of Jesus having compassion for the sick, the blind, the lame, and the suffering. And we need to understand this. He had compassion and told her, don't weep. Luke 7. 14, verse 14. It says, then he came and touched the open cast, and those who carried him stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. We don't realize that we're in the coffin of our graves, and we allow other people to carry us around. What do you mean by that? Because you run and tell them everything. So they carry you. But if you cannot reach them, your coffin stands still. Because you, you're, it's, it's the, the, what it's standing on and the wheels and the foundation is built on your, your friendship. Your knowledge of yourself. So when they don't move me around based on what I'm going through and my emotions, if they don't stroke my ego and if they don't make me feel a certain way, that causes my coffin to move. But when they don't do these things in my life, I'm at a standstill and I will never arise because one thing about it is when people get control over you because you done told them all your business, that puts you in a place of vulnerability. So therefore you will never arise and they'll work you and do you and play you any kind of way. misbehaving. You giving your, your death certificate to somebody else huh, prematurely and you not even dead. And he who was dead sat up and began to speak. <laughs> oh, there's something about the voice. Huh? There's something about my authority. My authority does not come in my hands. Huh? My authority comes huh, because of my voice. Huh? I've been set free. Huh? And that's one thing about it is when you start walking in your own voice that's governed by the things of God huh? and the Ten Commandments, huh? you will understand what this thing about. Because the first five Ten Commandments deals with you and man. The second six through ten deals with you and God. But I have no compassion. I don't em empathize with nobody. I can't take nobody else's troubles and pain because I don't know how to put mine aside because it's all about me. No, you need to be rolling me around in my dead situation. And he presented him to his mother. Then fear came upon all 
And they glorified God, saying, a great prophet has risen us, um, it says, up among us. Let's go to Mark. I want to tell you something while you're turning to Mark. Jesus empathized with our inabilities. We try to hide them, but the Bible says confess. Anyone that likes wisdom, let them ask of God. But you're not asking God anything because you're allowing some book knowledge to tell you about yourself and they didn't even create you. Empathize, understand, and share the feelings of another. You can go to Hebrews 4 and 15 if you want. I'm going to read two translations. Hebrews 4 and 15. For we have not, it says, and high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. I'm going to read you the NIV version. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness. Why in the world do you think that God cannot understand you through and through? When there's nobody else to ride you around and to stroke your ego, God is the only one that will ever empathize with what you can't even speak subconsciously or even verbally out of your mouth because it's so much. It's more than I can bear. That's when God steps in and backs the devil off of your mind for killing yourself. He's our high priest. But who's governing you? God can understand those things that you can't even understand because your knowledge, your being is not even deeper on the level of God. Why would a creator create something that's on his level? We're created in his likeness, but not on his level. But we get it confused. We, we, we think that we're bigger than God. Because we got all of this knowledge, you ain't got nothing but a half string of what God has, and even not even that. But we have one who has been tempted. Oh, nobody, uh -uh, I, I, I was just drawn to do this evil work in my body. Or say this and do that. God was full of devils all the time, but they never could overtake him because of the word. That's shut up inside of him. And how much do you read? What is governing your soul? And a lot of times you could be sitting in the house of God and something else is governing you. But yet you think because you're going through the motions that you're serving God, but you're really serving something else in your mind or some book that you read. I love education, but education does have a, 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 a drawback. And it causes you to second guess what you've been taught as a child. But you're trying to gain a high knowledge in order for you to operate in Babylon. I tell people all the time, my education don't mean nothing. I'm dumb and ignorant when it comes down to things of God. Tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. 
And we don't think that God empathizes with us and the things that we have our inability to do. But isn't it strange how we'll run and tell our best friend all our mess and they can't fix you? But he's the last one you run to, but the first one you blame. Let's go to Mark. I'm starting at the 16th verse. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? The, the disciples couldn't do something. They couldn't cast out a deaf and dumb spirit. And we're going to talk about this. Then the one from the multitude answered and said, teacher, I bought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever he sizes him, he throws him down and forms at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and become rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast him out, but they could not. I want to talk about this. I'm going to read a little bit more, and then I want to come back and do with some things. And he answered him and said, Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. How can you have faith in something you cannot identify with? The disciples could not cast the mute or deaf spirit out. And I'm going to tell you why they couldn't do it. The disciples were still young in the faith. They were doing what they saw Jesus do. Doing the work without no solid foundation. It takes time to build something worth standing on. Mute. Refrain from speaking, from speech, or temporary speechless. People have been trying to do the work of God with no compassion. Let me tell you something. The disciples did not work and walk in that kind of power and understanding that Jesus Christ did. And it happens in the church now. So we want to know why these things, these deliverances and this healing are not lasting. Why? Because you don't have faith. And you're not standing and believing on your confession. So the disciples were young in this. They could not understand. They did not have the ancient of days wisdom. They only were doing what they saw. But yet it was not in their heart. They were only doing a function. But everybody Jesus Christ came in contact with, he had compassion, not just function. He had compassion in order that he may function in the Holy Ghost. He said, me and my father are one. I do what my father tell me to do. And as long as he followed the spirit, it manifested the glory of God. Mute, referring, it says, it says reframing from speech or temporary speechless. It says 
We can see that this dumb spirit is also referred to as a deaf spirit or a foul spirit, an unclean spirit, and a devil. They had no contact with demons. They may have saw it, but exactly being able to do follow it and, and proceed with it. There was other, a lot of people casting out demons, but they don't mean they were casting out by the Spirit of God. You got to understand something. They did not have that experience until Jesus Christ came on the scene. I'm talking about the 12 disciples. So they were only doing what their father had done, but they did not do it in the presence and the faith that was presented at, to them at the moment. That's why you could tell somebody to do something, but if they cannot identify or recognize what is happening, they're just doing something. That's why there's dead works in the church. That's why there's no power. That's why there's no demonstration of the Holy Ghost because they're doing an action and not understanding that the power and the faith that brings forth it. You got to understand something. That's like shooting a bullet, huh? but you have not cleaned the gun. Huh? You have not even put the bullets in it. As a matter of fact, you don't even know what size bullet to go, but you're going to just point and shoot because that's what you see your daddy, your mama, do doing once a year during the holiday but you got to understand something there's something else and there's a mechanism that makes the gun bloom when it says it's supposed to boom the disciples didn't have a foundation the foundation didn't come until Jesus Christ died but because he's already died and risen from the dead you already have all power from death hell and the grave so you're doing a function by what you see in red, but yet the scriptures are really not in you. And so therefore, it's not producing faith. Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I bear with you? I'm in the presence of you now in the fullness. Many men wish to do what you do and sit where you sit at, but yet you cannot even understand it. So head knowledge only gets you so far. It takes a demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost. And they couldn't cast out something because they didn't have no compassion with it. And we don't understand that. Go down to verse 20. Mark 9 and 20. Then they brought him to, to him. They brought him to him. And when he saw him immediately the spirit convulsed him and he fell on the ground and it says and wallow formed at the mouth let me tell you something about convulse it says suffer violent involuntary it says contractions of the muscle producing contortions of the body or limbs and the second definition of it is says right here, to make sudden or violent, uncontrollable movement. The Bible doesn't see this, but let's deal with this from another perspective. When they brought that demon son possessed with demons to the disciples, the disciples got distracted by the convulsions and the moving and the rolling. So therefore, they thinking they can do it mechanically, but not spiritually. The one thing that I would give you, it was probably more violent because it didn't want to be cast out. Because when you got the spirit of Christ, it draws a greater force. That the greater, uh, that the greater power of Jesus Christ can be manifested. So the, the demons already knew that the disciples didn't have that kind of power. So they were just doing a little bit of stuff. But because they were in their flesh and didn't understand it. 
See, it's one thing looking at somebody else doing it, but it's another thing when you have to perform it. So they got caught up. They probably didn't even want to deal with it, but because they were called out on the carpet, you want that this man now do what he do. And I'm begging you, my son. But yet, the demons could not obey them. Demons don't obey your thoughts. They obey the power of the living God. Let's go. Verse 21. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown his, it says, thrown him, him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion, sympathy, pity, concern for my suffering, my misfortune. Everybody else, child, is okay, but my child has been like this from birth. My only child, my only son. All the other children in my house are afraid of them. We got to keep them chained in the room. He can't eat supper with us. When he eats, he spits the food out. But have compassion on my situation. And when the spirit moves on you, because you have taken on the persona or the attributes of Jesus Christ, you can move in the things of God with ease. On us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe all things are possible to him, who believes? He was telling them what he already told the disciples. If you can believe that the power of God is here, I'm going to move on your situation. You can pray. Prayer opens the door. But in order for you to walk through the door that you prayed about, you're going to have to have faith. So many people are praying, but they're not making that move towards faith. Faith requires an action. Faith without works is what? Dead. So how can you tell death to stop misbehaving? When you're walking around and exercising dead works. It's dead because you're not producing the attributes of Jesus Christ. John 10 and 18 said, no man take it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment I have received of my Father. What authority are you operating on? He's already given you the charge to keep that you have. But why you do not have that power? Because without power and a demonstration of the Holy Ghost power, you have blind faith. God shows up sometime, 
answers itself. Sometimes, where was your last experience in God? Where was God when you needed him? Why did it took him years to come back? Why? Because your faith took years to be developed. He's a God of right now. He stopped death at that funeral procession and told it to back up. I have compassion on this widow. She ain't got nobody to take care of her. She's going to be living on the street. People are not going to feed her. And death had to back up. They were on their way to the grave site in a coffin. But he said, hold up. You don't overstep your boundaries. You need to understand about this power. It can't be bought. It can only be inward given by, the, by God for those that truly seek him. If you seek him, he said, you're going to find me. But what are you seeking? Are you seeking the gifts? Are you seeking a uh, mammon? Are you seeking material things? All of these things are going to perish, rot and decay. And moths are going to eat it. But, you, but, that's, but that's your faith. As long as I can live here and do this and, and drive this and wear this and ball of this kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, God is with me. Some of the most powerful people in God don't have nothing. But you can't take their faith. Because when you come up into a certain place in God, material things don't matter. The having a power in the presence of God is more richer than money, houses, and land. But because we don't understand the richness of God, we don't understand these things. So therefore, we walk around ignorant and we're working ourselves to death to build up something that is already going to be demolition. Because look at it. You go back to Portsmouth, you go back to anywhere. What was big 10 years ago is 10 tearing down now. But you ran to it. And nobody can shop the, stop the moving and the shifting of the earth. God does what he wants. So the disciples did not have the foundation. So therefore, they couldn't move in God. But yet God was right there with him, with them. See, that's something, you can have the word with you, but yet... <laughs> but you're not moving in it. Verse 24. And it says, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Mark 9 and 24. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. He had to submit and acknowledge his inabilities. And God had compassion on him. He didn't say, oh Lord, guess what? Just heal him. I'll do whatever you want, I'll follow you. He said, help my unbelief. And Jesus empathized with his inabilities. But we want to come to God needing him for everything, but you want to come and hide your inabilities. 
You want to hide your lack of faith. You want to hide your lack of really doing what he's called you to do. You, you, you want to hide your true nature from the one that made you because you're hiding something because you know when you stand in the presence of God, you know when you sit and stand before God that you are not who God created you to be. So therefore, you're walking around in unbelief and faith just like the disciples. Because when they could not cast out that demon, they showed their inability and the lack of faith in Jesus Christ. Who's embarrassed? When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit and, and said to him, your deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, Come out of him and enter no more. It was finished. Oh, but no, you got to keep rebuking. See, when you're operating in the finished work of Jesus Christ, you ain't got to run yourself, keep casting demons out. It would obey you. You could stand on it. And when you see it trying to come, you point because of the prophet finger. You can point and say, I command you. I told you and reminded him at his word and tell the devil what you said and you back it up with the word. And not only are you speaking out of your pop mouth, but you're speaking according to the authority of Jesus Christ that was given to you. Because the Bible said it will come back to see if that house is going to be carnage. That's why you got to abide with me. But some people only want to abide when the things are good in God, but then they go back out in the world, and then when those things in the world overtake them, then you want to run back to the house of God. You got to stay there. You got to abide with him. You got to stay with him. You got to allow him to live inside of you at all times. Then the spirit came out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him and he became as one dead so that many said he is dead. Verse 27, but Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. And it takes God to lift you up by his marvelous right hand that you could be seated in heavenly places. John 11 talks about Lazarus. Death, stop misbehaving. Jesus took the limit off of death. Lazarus was dead for four days, but God is still able to work in your situation for 25 years that you've been struggling with, just like the woman with the issue of blood. Oh, God can't do it. It's been going on so long. He took the steam out of death. I don't care how long it's been. I don't care how long you've been toiling with this thing. Lazarus was dead for four years. I mean, four days. And he didn't rush to get there. He comes on his own timing. Death, stop misbehaving. When you truly understand and walk into your power, and the finished work of Jesus Christ, and you really understand the good news of Jesus Christ, you'll have and do what you say according to the word of God. 
I pray that something's been said and done. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.